Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives, Lord. We thank you for June 27th. We thank you for the reading of your word, Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs. And thank you for giving us ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord. Thank you for orchestrating our lives today. And thank you, Lord God, that you may bless the work of our hands, our lips, our mouth, and that we do your bidding as this day is called. Lord, we choose to rejoice and we choose to count our blessings. We choose to move our feet and be thankful, Lord, that we're, we are in your kingdom and your promises have come true in our lives. We are free. We're rich. We're enthusiastic, Lord. And we know who our Father is. You are. And we know our Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you for the riches in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Amen. Your kindness, Lord. We thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, Lord. We acknowledge you, Lord, as our God today, as it is this today. You are our God and our Lord and Savior. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Second Kings 10.32, amen, to 12.21. At about the time the Lord began to cut down the size of Israel's territory, King Hassel conquered several sections of the country, east of the Jordan River, river including all of Gilead, Gad, Reuben, and Manesh. He conquered the area from the town of Aroer, by the Arnon Gorge to as far as north as Gilead and Bashan. The rest of the events of Jehu reign, everything he did and all his achievements are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. <clears throat> when Jehu died, he was buried in Samaria. Then his son Jehoahaz became the next king. In all, Jehu reigned over Israel from Samaria for 28 years. When Atalia, the mother of King Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, she began to destroy the rest of the royal family. But Ahaziah's sister, Jehosheba, the daughter of King Jehoram, took Ahaziah's infant son, Joash, and stole him away from among the rest of the king's children. Who were about to be killed. She put Joash in his nurse and his nurse in a bedroom to hide him from Atalia. So the child was not murdered. Joash remained hidden in the temple of the Lord for six years while Atalia ruled over the land. In the seventh year of Atalia's reign, Jehoiada the priest summoned the commanders, the car. Karite mercenaries and the palace guards to come to the temple of the Lord. He made a solemn pact with them and made them swear an oath of loyalty there in the Lord's temple. Then he showed them the king's son. Jehoiada told them, This is what you must do. A third of you who are on duty on the Sabbath are to guard the royal palace itself. Another third of you are to stand guard at the sure gate. And the final third must stand guard behind the palace guard. These three groups will all guard the palace. The other two units who are off duty on the Sabbath must stand guard for the king at the Lord's temple. Form a bodyguard around the king and keep your weapons in hand. Kill anyone who tries to break through. Stay with the king wherever he goes. <coughs> so the commander did everything as Jehoiada the priest ordered. The commanders took charge of the men reporting for duty that Sabbath, as well as all those who were going off duty. They brought them all to Jehoiada the priest, and he supplied them with the spears and small shields that had once belonged to King David, and were stored in the temple of the Lord. The palace guards stationed themselves around the king with their weapons ready. They form a line from the south side of the temple around to the north side and all around the altar. Then Jehoiada brought out Joash, the king's son, placed the crown on his head, and presented him with a copy of God's law. They anointed him and proclaimed him king, and everyone clapped their hands and shouted, Long live the king! When Atalia heard all the noise made by the palace guards and the people, 
she hurried to the Lord's temples to see what was happening. When she arrived, she saw the newly crowned king standing in his place of authority by the pillar, as was the custom of, at times of coronation. The commander and trumpeters were surrounding him, and people from all over the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. When Natalia saw all this, she tore her clothes in despair and shouted, Treason! Treason! Then Jehoiada the priest ordered the commanders who were in charge of the troops, Take her to the soldiers in front of the temple and kill anyone who tries to rescue her. For the priest had said she must not be killed in the temple of the Lord. So they seized her and led her out to the gate where horses entered the palace grounds, and she was killed there. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they would, would be the Lord's people. They also made a covenant between the king and the people, and all the people of the land went over to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They demolished the altars and smashed the idols to pieces, and they killed Matan the priest of Baal in front of the altars. Jehoiada the priest stationed guards at the temple of the Lord. Then the commanders and the Karite mercenaries, the palace guards, and all the people of the land escorted the king from the temple of the Lord. They went through the gates of the guard and into the palace, and the king took his seat on the royal throne. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was peaceful because Atalia had been killed at the king's palace. Joash was seven years old when he became king. Joash began to rule over Judah in the seventh year of King Jehu's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem 40 years. His mother was Zibiah from Beersheba. All his life, Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight because Jehoiada the priest instructed him. Yet even so, he did not destroy the pagan shrines and the people still offered sacrifice and burned incense there. One day, King Joash said to the priest, Collect all the money brought as a sacred offering to the Lord's temple whether it is regular assessment of payment or vows or a voluntary gift. Let the priest take some of that money to pay for whatever repair I needed at the temple. But by the 23rd year of Joash's reign, the priest still had not repaired the temple. So King Joash called for Jehoiada and the other priests and asked them, Why haven't you repaired the temple? Don't use any more money for your own needs. From now on, it must all be spent on temple repairs. So the priests agreed not to accept any more money from the people, and they also agreed to let others take responsibility for repairing the temple. Then Jehoiada the priest boarded a hole in the lid of a large chest and set it on the right-hand side of the altar of the entrance of the temple of the Lord. The priest guarding the entrance pulled out of the people's contributions into the chest. Whenever the chest became full, the court secretary and the high priest counted the money that had been brought to the Lord's temple and put it into bags. Then they gave the money to the construction supervisors who used to pay the people working in the Lord's temple, the carpenters, the builders, the masons, and the stone cutters. They also used the money to buy the timber and the finished stone needed to repair the Lord's temple and they paid any other expenses related to the temple's restoration. The money brought to the temple was not used for making silver bowls, lamps, snuffers, basins, trumpets, or other articles of gold or silver for the temple of the Lord. It was paid to the workmen who used it for the temple repairs. No accounting of this money was required from the construction supervisor because they were honest and trustworthy men. However, the money that was contributed for guilt offerings and sins offering was not brought into the Lord's temple. It was given to the priests for their own use. About this time, King Hassel of Aram went to war against God and captured it. Then he turned to attack Jerusalem. King Joash collected all the sacred objects that Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, and Ahaziah, the previous kings of Judah, had dedicated along with what himself had dedicated. He sent them all to Hassel, along with all the gold in the treasuries of the Lord's temple 
and the royal palace. So Hassel called off his attack on Jerusalem. <clears throat> the rest of the events in Jewish reign and everything he did is recorded in the book of the history of the kingdom of Judah. Jewish officers plotted against him and assassinated him at Bet Milo on the road to Selah. The assassins were Josachar, son of Shemeth, and Jehoshaphat, son of Shomer, both trusted advisors. <clears throat> Josh was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son, Amasiah, became the next king. <laughs> Woo! We what a what an incredible story. Yeah. Whoa. <clears throat> Before we start our comments, dear yes. prudent wife, let's read uh, the study that says it right here. Jehoiada the priest and other advisory probably governed Judah during the first seven years of Joash's reign. Joash did much that was good and right, but he didn't go far enough in removing sin from the nation. He was faithful to the Lord as long as Jehoiada was alive and Judah was at peace. During that time, however, after Jehoiada's death, ungodly leaders influenced Joash to forsake the Lord and follow Canaanite practices. See Second Chronicles 24, 17-22. Joash's failure to destroy the pagan shrines later became a source of spiritual compromise and probably contributed to his violent death. If you're seeking to follow God more faithfully and looking for direction, here are some good questions to ask. Does the Bible expressly prohibit this action? Does this action take me away from loving, worshiping, or serving God? Does it make me a slave? Does it bring out the best in me? Consistent with God's purpose, does it benefit others? Rather than allowing yourself to be swayed by others who aren't pursuing God, find wise mentors who are following God. Look at their lives. More importantly, be attentive to God's spirit and hold true to what God has said in the Bible. Amen. So, um, I know it. it's... It's it, it, you know we were a little cold and it started about King Hassel did an okay. incredible amount of uh, of uh, taking territory away from Judah and then he he messed and kicked butt. You know what the Lord told me right now? Uh-huh. That the the book of of the history of Jehu's reign uh-huh. of the kings of Israel uh-huh. in my heart this book I believe it's lost. The book of the history of the kings of Israel, uh-huh. but it is so important that I be I believe that that art, art, artifacts are going to be found on this, mm. just like the the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, mm. artifacts will be found of this book. Amen. And it's going to cause such a joy to uh-huh. us Christians, uh-huh. you know, that we'll be able to read more, and even cause for the world to, to believe by finding this. From yeah, so many years past. You know, it'll be a verification. Yeah. Okay, uh, go ahead. Well, one thing I just a couple of things that little symbols that I saw here is that Atalia, when she learned that her son died, she began to wanting to destroy the rest of the royal family. So Jesus is a king, being royal, and they they took the infant son out of there took him away just like they did when Joseph had the dream to take you know you got to go to get out of there remember mm-hmm. that was one thing that I kind of picked up the other thing I picked up is that the people were saying it says uh, over here in verse uh, 12 it starts at 12 but at the end there um, then Jehoda Jehoiada brought out Joash the king's son Jesus right placed the crown on his head and presented him with a copy of God's laws. They anointed him and proclaimed him king, and everyone clapped their hands and shouted, Long live the king. Remember when he came in on the the donkey mm-hmm. or, and they were during that psalm, mm-hmm. the, or the yes. Palm Sunday, Long held the king. Just kind of two symbols there. That's all. I kind of picked up that. You know, this little reflections of the Lord in there. And... Um, And then I like the way they were giving the offerings, you know, pr- paying for the church, you know, to be restored, you know, to repair it. You know, they made the box and they put the hole in it like, you know, we do, often do with the piggy bank. And we put, we come there and we add, 
Well, there's a great illustration that uh, these these uh, high priests were able to admit they're wrong. You know, they were living uh-huh. high in the fat. Can you imagine mm-hmm. the much money they were taking in for yeah. their own welfare? Uh-huh. And then the kings they probably heard reports and they and they didn't pick up. They didn't do any construction. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the king came in and took over. And said, "You will not receive any right. more money from right. your own." And they agreed. Right. But even though they agreed, they still would not use bad money. Right. Amen. The bad, the guilt offering and the sin offering, and the sin offerings were given to them for their own use, right. because they didn't want to use that money to build the temple. Isn't that amazing? It's like us when we we yeah. won the uh, fifteen hundred dollars out of the uh, California lottery. Uh huh. We used it to buy books of uh, of. You know, for salvation for others, prison of praise, we bought uh-huh. 1,500 books with the money. I always tell her because it was bad money. <laughs> you know, it was bad money from, and uh, so we used it to, to, to push, to bring more people into the kingdom of God where they in turn can give good money to the temple of God yeah. when they become Christians. Yeah, so it's, I like it, it said, uh, they were honest and trustworthy men. No accounting was required from this construction supervisor because they were honest and trustworthy. And, you know, the, the one for the guilt and the sin offerings that were brought to the temple were given to the priests. That's what I said, yes. Yeah. So, you know, those that are doing God's work deserve that honor. You know, you know how a lot of people say, "Well, the churches want your money." Da 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 da. That's a that's a perspective they have because of a lot of a lot of you know televangelists have made it seem about money. <clears throat> but yeah. it is right to honor the people that are doing the work of God. Of course, you know, and yeah. Pastor Jim Reeves again in his church, a faith community church. I have seen it through the years. Is where they. Every six months, they're painting the walls. Mm-hmm. They're changing the carpet. Mm-hmm. They're installing new high-definition uh, televisions all over the place. They got their, ch- you know, years ago when they first started, uh, the church looked good, but inside the children's ministry, there was the the roof was leaking, and they had buckets to hold water, and and um, a newspaper went in there in an article, and they wrote up how bad we were not paying attention to the children's ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, they wrote a negative article right. on uh, Faith Community Church. Right. And Pastor Jim, after that, it was the best thing that ever happened. They, they all spent like $300,000 on building the children's ministry and make it a, a, academic. And they called it, uh, you know, Honey Creek University, uh-huh. where we all count. I had so much fun being a counselor there and dealing with the fifth graders myself and or the first graders or whatever, and uh, taking other kids there. Mm-hmm. You took Bernie and Anthony there? Uh, yeah, well, mostly I, I took uh, also two of the little cousins that were around there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a great time. In other words, um, he paid good money to the workers, and the workers were on a handshake, you know. A lot of work. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the way it's like, you know, people with good hearts, you just give mm-hmm. them a handshake. Mm-hmm. They're going to get something right. done to their best of the ability. Right, amen. Awesome. Okay, let's go. Okay, go let's ahead go and read the New Testament, please. Acts, Acts chapter 18, 1 through 22, please. Ready. Okay. Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Priscilla and Aquila. <laughs> They had left Italy with Claudius Caesar, deported all Jews from Rome. When? They had left Italy when Claudius. Oh, when Claudius Caesar deported all Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers just as he was. Each Sabbath found Paul at the synagogue trying to convince the Jews and the Greeks alike. And after Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia... Paul spent all his time preaching the word. He testified to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah, but when they opposed and insulted him, Paul shook the dust off from his clothes and said, Your blood is upon your own heads. I'm innocent. From now on, I will go to preach to the Gentiles. Mm. Um, Then he left and he went to the home of Titus, 
just as a Gentile who worshipped God and lived next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, was, and everyone in the household believed in the Lord. Many others in Corinth also heard Paul became also heard Paul and became believers and were baptized. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, Don't be afraid. Speak out. Ooh, I like that, Lord. Don't be silent, for I am with you and no one will attack and harm you, for many people in the city belong to me. So Paul strayed there for the next year and a half, teaching the word of God. But when Gallio became governor of Achaia, Achaia, some Jews rose up together against Paul and brought him before the governor for judgment. They accused Paul of persuading people to worship God in ways that the that are contrary to our law. But just as Paul started to make his defense, Gallio turned to Paul's accusers and said, Listen, you Jews, if this were a case involving some wrongdoing or a serious crime, I would have a reason to accept your case. But since it is merely a question of words and names and your Jewish law, take care of it yourselves. I refuse to judge such matters. And he threw them out of the courtroom. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. The crowd then grabbed Sosthenes, no, Sosthenes, the the leader of the synagogue, and beat him <laughs> right there in the courtroom. Oh, but Gallio paid no attention. Wow, wow, wow. what did I do? Paul stayed in Corinth for some time after that. Then said goodbye to the brothers and sisters, and went to nearby Centuria. Centuria. There he shaved his head according to Jewish custom, making the end of a vow. Then he set sail for Syria, taking Priscilla and Aquila with him. They stopped first at the post of Ephesus, where Paul left, oh, at the port of Ephesus, where Paul left the others behind. While he was there, he went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews. They asked him to stay longer, but he declined. As he left, However, he said, I will come back later, God willing. Then he set sail from Ephesus. The next stop was at the port of Caesarea. From there he went up and visited the church at Jerusalem and then went back to Antioch. Amen. Okay, let me read today's study, Acts 18, 1-5 says, It was Jewish custom to provide sons with a manual trade, including young men who intended to become rabbis, or other professionals. Jewish young men each learn a trade and try to earn his living with it. Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila had been trained in tent making, cutting and sewing the woven cloth and goat's hair into tents. As a tent maker, Paul was able to go wherever God led him, carrying his livelihood with him. This left him free to spread the good news on the Sabbath. Later, when Silas and Timothy arrived, they supported Paul so that he was free to spend all his time preaching the word. <clears throat> be ready to serve Christ no matter what your employment situation might be. Be prepared to work and minister where you are. That, that may mean working to support yourself and your family and working to spread the good news in off hours. If you can support another believer who is gifted and skilled for ministry, rejoice in that opportunity. And if God calls you to full-time service, Humbly accept support from other believers. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Interesting how it says right here that uh, Paul was a tent maker, and uh, uh -huh. that was his trade. I didn't I didn't catch that the first time around where uh -huh. it said where it said that. Um, you know, Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers, plural, just as he was. Right. There it is. Uh huh. Uh, verse three. Huh. Eighteen uh -huh. three. Now. Um, and that's a great uh, scripture to San Fernando right now, you know, that he is a, a truck, <laughs> a, you know, a, a worker. Mm -hmm. And that each Sabbath found Paul in the synagogue trying to convince the Jews and the Greeks alike. And after Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul spent all his time preaching the word. Okay, they said, mm -hmm. why? Because they, 
they care for him. Huh? Mm -hmm. He testified to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed and insulted him, put shook off his feet. Says, "Your blood is upon your heads. Mm -hmm. I am innocent. From now on, I will go preach to the Gentiles." Right. Mm. You know, we, many times we get into a situation where you try to preach to somebody or give a, a gospel, the gospel to someone, and they just won't take it. So it's like their own. You know, you dust off. You don't sit mm -hmm. there and argue and labor over that if they don't want the truth. It's not the blood of Jesus is over their head. It's their own belief system that they have that's incorrect. you got to move on to the next. Um. I really like where it says in number nine here. It says, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent for I'm with you and no one will attack you. For him. I am with you. I am with you. No one will attack you, no one, and harm you, for many people in the city belong to me. Many people in the city, but not all of them, all right. of them but right. many people many. in this right. city belong to me. Right. So they already belong to them. They need to be saved. That's right. what he's saying, right? right? Mm -hmm. So right. when we run into people, some of them belong to the Lord. Mm -hmm. They need to be saved. We don't know which ones. Mm -hmm. Right. I really like the way that the judge just said, you know, it's like... You know, when you when you have God with you, the favor of God covers you. And then this this is a good example of it. It says, but just as Paul started to make his defense, Gallio turned to Paul's accusers and said, Listen, you Jews, if this were a case involving some wrongdoing or a serious crime, I would have a reason to accept your case. But since this is merely a question of word, words and name and your Jewish law, take care of it yourselves. I refuse to judge such matters. You know, and he threw them out. <laughs> so it's God handling it, you know. Threw them out of the courtroom. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's amazing that the crowd, because they don't like failure, mm -hmm. you'd th think they would grab Paul to beat him up, mm -hmm. but they grabbed the accuser. Mm -hmm. You know, why did he? they shame them, mm -hmm. the Jewish people, in front of the uh, the Roman people, the Roman judge. That was a Roman judge, right, mm -hmm. that they went to? Yeah. And they uh, they don't like failure. And they beat up the high priest, the yeah. leader, of the, is it the high priest, the leader of the synagogue, mm -hmm. right in a courtroom. And Paul just passed right by. <laughs> mm -hmm. That is uh, that is an answer to prayer. You yeah, know? it's a huge answer to prayer. Isn't that amazing, huh? Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Lord is, I'm with you. Don't be afraid. Speak out my gospel, people. You know. No one will harm you. Awesome. Okay. Um, okay, Psalms um, 145, 1 through 21. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Okay. okay. Psalm 145, Anna. 1 to 21. I will exalt you, O my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He's most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power I will meditate on your majestic and glorious or er, majestic glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Wow, thank you, God. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. And all your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom, and they will give examples of your power, and they will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. 
He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts up those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He's filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Bless your holy name. We bless you, Lord. We Amen. praise you. We thank exalt you, you. We thank you for the reading of your word. Hallelujah. Yeah, we yes, proclaim Lord. your power. We meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor. And all your wondrous works, for you heap up the oceans, Lord. Amen. And your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. Amen. I will proclaim your greatness, and everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. Lord. Amen. They will sing joy about your righteousness. Amen. Amen. For your mercy and your compassion, Lord, your unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. And all your works will thank you. All of your works will thank you. We all thank you, Lord. All your creation. Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. Hallelujah. They will thank you, and we will praise you. And we will speak of the glory of your kingdom. We will be examples of your glory and your power, Lord. Amen. We will tell about your mighty deeds, of what Jesus has done. Amen. The, about the majesty and glory of your reign for your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and you rule through all generations hallelujah the lord you have always kept your promises to us amen. lord to all the body of christ and you are gracious in all you do amen proverbs 18 verse amen. 1 unfriendly people care only about themselves they lash out at common sense amen such a good song right there. Unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you today, Lord, June 28th, for 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 1 to 14, 29. Lord, just like the uh, prophets of old, Lord, we prophesy that we will hear your voice, Lord. Amen. Lord, you have said, Lord God, that those who seek you and and search for you with all their hearts they will find you amen lord we pray lord god that this is us lord we set our time now and this afternoon you promise lord god that that you that our job is to seek you with all our heart our mind and our soul lord seek the kingdom of god and your righteousness lord amen. and lord you open our hearts and our minds and you give us what we need lord we thank you and Father, we just thank you for on this day before our the Independence Day, Father, the freedom that Jesus came to bring us. We're grateful for, Lord, and, and the country that we can uh, walk freely in peace, Lord, because of your covering, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that, Father, the only freedom comes from Jesus, your son Jesus, that freed us at the cross, Lord. And, and Father, we just say that you are the God of this nation, Lord. You are in charge of this country, Lord. And we thank you that people will turn back and to you, and you will cover this nation, Lord, and keep the terrorists at bay, Lord. And, Father, even convert the terrorists, Lord, and save their souls, Lord. And we thank you for this day and this time. And thank you, Father Jesus. Amen. Okay, Second um, Kings 13, 1 to fourteen twenty nine, please. Okay, it says, Jehoahaz, son of Jehu, began to rule over Israel in the 23rd year of King Jehoash's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 17 years, but he, he did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He followed the example of Jeroboam's son Nebat, continuing the sins that Jeroboam had led Israel to commit. 
So the Lord was very angry with Israel, and he allowed King Hazel of Aram and his son Ben-Hadad to defeat them repeatedly. Then Jehoahaz prayed for the Lord's help, and the Lord heard this prayer, his prayer, for he could see how severely the king of Aram was oppressing Israel. So the Lord provided someone to rescue the Israelites from the tyranny of the Arameans. Then Israel lived in safety again as they had in former days. But they continued to sin following the evil example of Jeroboam. And they also allowed Asherah's pole in Samaria's to remain standing. Finally, Jehoahaz's army was reduced to 50 charioteers, 10 chariots, and 10,000 foot, foot soldiers. The king of Aram had killed the others, trampling them like dust under his feet. The rest of the events in Jehoahaz's reign, everything he did and the extent of his power, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Jehoahaz died, he was buried in Samaria. Then his son Jehoahash became the next king. Jehoahash, son of Jehoahaz, began to rule over Israel in the 37th year of King Joash's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 16 years, but he did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. The rest of the events in Joash's reign and everything he did, including the extent of his power and his war with King Amaziah of Judah, are recorded in the book of the History of the Kings of Israel. When Jehoash died, he was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Then his son Jeroboam, too, became the next king. When Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel, he cried. Elisha told him, Get a bow and some arrows, and the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, Put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hands. Then he commanded, Open that eastern window, and he opened it. Then he said, Shoot. So he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. Amen. You, for you will completely conquer the Armenian Arameans at Apec. Then he said, Now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with him. You should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. Then Elisha died and he was and was buried. Groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. Once when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band on these they spied a band of these raiders, so they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and fled. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. <laughs> Hallelujah! King Hazel and Aram had oppressed Israel during the entire reign of King Jehoaz. But the Lord was gracious and merciful to the people of Israel, and they were not totally destroyed. He pitied them against, or he pitied them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And to this day, he still has not completely destroyed them or banished them from his presence. King Hazel and Aram died, and his son Ben-Hadad became the next king. Then then Jehoash, son of Jehoaz, recaptured from Ben-Hadad's son of Hazel, the towns that had been taken from Jehoash's father. Jehoash 
defeated Ben-Hadad on three occasions and he recovered the Israelite towns. Amaziah son of Joash began to rule over Judah in the second year of the reign of King Joash Ash of Israel. Amaziah the 25 year was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Jehoadin from Jerusalem. Amaziah did what was pleasing to the Lord's sight, but not like his ancestor David. Instead, he followed the example of his father, Joash. Amaziah did not destroy the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices and burned incense there. When Amaziah was was well established as a king, he executed the officials who was had assassinated his father. However, he did not kill the children of the assassins, for he obeyed the command of the Lord as written by Moses in the book of the law. Parents must not be put to death for their for the sins of their children, nor children for the sins of their parents. Those deserving to die must be put to death for their own crimes. Amaziah also killed 10,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. He also conquered Selah and changed his name to Jokethil, <laughs> as it's called to this day. One day Amaziah sent messengers with this challenge to Israel's king Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, the grandson of Jehu. Come in and meet me in the ba- in battle. But King Jehoash of Israel replied to King Amaziah of Judah with this story out in the Lebanon mountains. A thistle sent a message to a mighty cedar tree give your daughter in marriage to my son but then but just then a wild animal of Lebanon came by and stepped on the thistle crushing it you have indeed defeated Edom and you are very proud of it but be content with your victory and stay at home why stir up trouble that will only bring disaster on you and the people of Judah but Amaziah refused to listen, so King Jehoash of Israel mobilized his army against King Amaziah of Judah. The two armies drew up their battle lines at Beth Shemesh in Judah. Judah was routed by the army of Israel, and its army scattered and fled for home. King Jehoash of Israel captured Judah's king Amaziah, son of Joash, and grandson of a Ahaziah at Beth Shemesh. Then he marched to Jerusalem where he demolished 600 feet of Jerusalem's wall from the Ephraim gate to the corner gate. He carried off all the gold and silver and all the articles from the temple of the Lord. He also seized the treasures from the royal palace along with the hostages and then returned to Samaria. The rest of the events in Joash's reign and everything he did including the extent of his power and his war with the king Amaziah of Judah are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Jehosh died, he was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel and his son Jeroboam II became the next king. King Amaziah of Judah lived for 15 years after the death of King Jehosh of Israel. The rest of the events in Amaziah's reign are recorded in the book of history of the kings of Judah. There was a conspiracy against Amaziah's life in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish, but his enemies sent assassins after him, and they killed him there. They brought back his body back to Jerusalem on a horse as he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. All the people of Judah had crowned Amaziah's 16-year-old son Uzziah as king in place of his, in place of his father Amaziah. After his father's death, Uzziah rebuilt the town of Elath and restored it to Judah. Jeroboam II, the son of Jehoash, began to rule over Israel in the 15th year of King Amaziah's reign in Judah. Jeroboam reigned in Samaria 45, 41 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Jeroboam II recovered the territories of Israel between Lebo Hamath and Dead Sea, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had promised through Jonah, son of Amiti, the prophet from Gath Hapur. For the law, for the Lord saw the bitter suffering of everyone in Israel, and that there was no one in Israel 
slave or free to help them. And because the Lord had not said he would blot out the name of Israel completely, he used Jeroboam the second, the son of Jehosh, to save them. The rest of the events in the sovereign reign, or in the reign of Jeroboam the second, and everything he did, including the extent of his power, his wars, and how he recovered for Israel, both Damascus and Hamath, which had belonged to Judah, he are recorded in the book of history and the kings of Israel. When Jeroboam II died, he was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Then his son Zechariah became the next king. The interesting uh, readings here is this this Jehoash on 13:14. He says, when Elijah was in his last last illness, so mm -hmm. he had more than one illness, mm -hmm. King Jehosh of Israel visited him and mm -hmm. wept over him. That's wow. amazing. Yeah, I didn't my that. father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel, he cried. In other words, he saw the, he saw the procession that was going to come and pick up Elijah. Mm. He saw... Wow. He mm. saw the, uh, that it was time to take a great general home. You know, it's really beautiful to see that even the the, uh, the kings of Israel, they're able to see King David, was able to see into the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and see all the action being taken place. And then, uh, so it just goes, get a bowl and some arrows, put your hand on the bowl, and, it, and Elijah laid his own hands on the king's hands. So Elijah was uh, strong enough to uh, pull back on the thing, and they... Then he commanded to the servants, open the eastern window. They opened, and then he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow, and Elijah proclaimed, This is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over a ram, if you will completely conquer the Armenians at pick. Now, for us, picking up the arrows and hitting them on the ground, for us, is clapping our hands, shouting, speaking to our bills, you know, uh -huh. cause, causing the elements uh -huh. to move. Mm-hmm. You know, and proclaiming the victory. Mm -hmm. See, that was, they released faith with the arrow. Mm -hmm. They Amen. released yeah. faith yes. with hitting the arrows on the floor. Yes. And he was, should have been adamant. Bam, 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 bam. You're you, out of here in Jesus' you name. You know, yeah. if the prophet of God tells you something, yeah. you mm -hmm. jump, you know, with, uh, with belief. But, and he told him, he said, this is the Lord's arrow. Now, if... I, as a prophet, say, Fernando, here's the Lord's arrow. This is your debt. Here. You got the victory already. What are you going to do? One, two, three, four. Bam! You're out of here in the name of Jesus, right? <laughs> you're getting on my parade, babe. <laughs> you're a death taking me, babe. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, this is the Lord's arrow. That's exactly what I just said. This is, you know, the, the Lord, what is the Lord's arrow to us? Is our mouth, our I'm arms, our hands. I'm just reiterating what you said. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. But for us, what is it for us? Worshiping the Lord. Praising, stomping our feet, you know, making, throwing rocks out the window, whatever. It's actually, it's, it's our actions signify our faith, our love and our faith and our belief. Mm. Yeah, I really like you, that. You want me to go get some arrows, baby? Uh, so... Yeah, they, the prophet got mad. You should have struck the ground. Okay, talk about the times. dead man that they throw on the bones. Uh huh. A group of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. Once, when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders, so they hastily threw the corpse into <laughs> the tomb of Elijah <laughs> and fled. But as soon as the body touched Elijah's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. You know, that's the when I read that, I got excited because that's the first time that I've read that before. You know, where it he's he, Elisha's well, was already dead, and his anointing just right. Has, we see the yeah. writing on the wall. Yeah, and you then, know, I wonder if that's why people go to dead people's graves and think they can get it that way. That's the wrong way, but. The anointing? Yeah. I have, yeah. I've heard that people go and lie on top of the grave so you can get that famous man of God's anointing, which I don't... Anyway, this was very awesome. 
Well, like the next statement, uh, 23, would you read it? Yeah, King Hazel of Aram had oppressed Israel during the entire reign of King Jehoahaz, but the Lord was gracious and merciful to the people of Israel, and they were not totally destroyed. He pitied them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Beautiful. And so this day he still has not completely destroyed them or banished them from his presence. Now, King Hassel, he was a bad dude. He lasted for a long time, you know, uh-huh. when he came into it. Uh-huh. You know. um, yeah, and uh, uh, go ahead. That's all. I, I like the way he came to pick uh, to pick a, a challenge with Israel, Jehoash, because of his uh, his great victories. But, you know, because the Lord prophesied over here in 22, 23, and then on the next chapter, 14, that comes in chapter 14, uh, verse 8, one day a Messiah sent messengers, uh, come and meet me in battle to to Jehoash. And and God had already said he was going to, but the Lord was gracious and merciful to the people of Israel. So they were not totally destroyed. So he was going to already said he was going to help them. So this guy was very confident that God had his anointing had told him, "Hey, I am with you. I'm not destroying you because of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're not completely destroyed." Mm-hmm. So he was already spiritually fit. He knew his God, and he was able to tell. He told him, "Stay at home. Why stir up trouble? Oh, you will only bring disaster on you and the people of Judah." You have indeed defeated Edom, and you are very proud of it. But be content with your victory and stay at home. But a Messiah refused and to listen to the king of Jehoash, and they even they they captured him at Beshadim, and they marched to Jerusalem, where they demolished six hundred thousand feet of Jerusalem's wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, he carried off all the gold. And silver, mm-hmm. all the articles from the temple of the Lord. Uh-huh. I wonder if the, uh, the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant was there. Mm. He also seized the treasures from the royal palace along with the hostages and then returned to Samaria. So he had a pretty good loot, pretty good carried treasures, mm-hmm. okay? And, mm-hmm. and, he, and even if it was the temple of the Lord, the Lord still said he was going to take care of them. The people of Israel... Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of get mixed up with Israel and Judah and going back and forth and this and that Mm -hmm. over and over again. You know, it would be nice if we would just follow the history of Samaria and their kings separately and then follow the history of of Israel, of Judah, and their people. Well, one one thing I was having a hard time when I was, as I was reading that, you know, the, all the names are like the same. Jehoash, Jehoaz, Jeroboam, Jehus. Yeah, uh, I don't, don't want to say anything. You're saying the same thing on both names, the father and the son. Yeah. and, and, and One of them was Ash, and, and the other one was Hassan with a Z. Yeah. But it, at the end of the day, this theme was just the same. It was, uh, and they did evil what was in the Lord's sight. No one got rid of the, the shrines and the pagans and the worshiping of the idols and all that. So that was just kind of part of the generation that kept, you know, happening. And um, you just kept hearing it. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. I don't know how many times we read that. Well, you know, we do the same thing. God gives us a job, a good paying union job, and then we want to finance more cars, boats, and so forth. And not waiting on the Lord, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's, he answered our prayer, got us a job. Got us situated, and then we in turn want more. We want to finance the thing instead of saving money and asking the Lord to say, "Lord, what do you think I should do?" And the mm-hmm. Lord said, "Well, why don't you buy cash, buy yourself a little a little uh, Corolla mm-hmm. to get you back and forth. Then you have ministry to go to this outing, that outing. You know, if we would wait on God. No, I want that seven hundred dollar payment. I want that five hundred. I want that brand new car." And don't you know, and we and we and we do the same thing as these kings. We get prayers, and then we end up messing up, getting more trouble. I don't know, or speak for myself. Well, I, I understand what you're saying, because I've done that too. 
You know, I see that all, all of us do that. We get a little power and we get proud. Just like that guy. We get a little bit of, you know, that's, you know, you really have to be a, a special person to be able to be humble, to handle money, property, and prestige for the glory of God, huh? There are a lot of people that are millionaires and billionaires that are they handle it and are doing a good a good thing for God's work. But and the, but even though they did evil in the Lord's sight, he still again going back he pitied them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then over here in the beginning it says when Jehoahaz prayed for the Lord's help, and the Lord heard his prayer for he could see how severely the king of Aram was oppressing Israel. So the Lord provided someone to rescue the Israelites from the tyranny of the Armenians. And then they lived safely again as they had had. So but so it's just like a theme, you know. They they worship the idols, somebody prays, God has mercy, and they kind of had that same cycle. Seems like that one, and then he says it again in 22 and 23. You know, but, you know, we we fast forward to how, how we're living here today. It's like... The Lord says, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And well, the know, law came through Moses. And people amen. choose to live under that law of Moses versus not keeping Jesus on the... So, so God delivered Jehoahaz twice. He delivered him from the Aram. And then he delivered him from King Hazel. Notice. Second King. He provided someone. doesn't say who. Someone to rescue the Israelites from the tyranny of the Armenians. Maybe that someone will have to hell, huh? Oh, he did more bites. Then what's his mother's spicy baby making? Oh, very deep. <laughs> just place it over there. Yeah. Okay, good. let's move on. Okay. Acts 18:23 and to 19:12. After spending some time in Antioch. Paul went back to Galatia, Galatia, and Phrygia, visiting and strengthening all the believers. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit. And with accuracy. However, he knew only about John's baptism. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. Apollos had been thinking about going to Achaia, and the brothers and sisters in Ephesus encouraged him to go. They wrote to the believers in Achaia asking them to welcome him. When he arrived there, he proved to be of great benefit to those who, by God's grace, had believed. Amen. He refuted the Jews with powerful arguments and public debate. Using the scripture, he explained to them that Jesus was the Messiah. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior region until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John baptisms call for repentance from sins. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men in all. Then Paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some, some became stirred with stubborn, rejecting his message and publicly speaking against the way. So Paul left the synagogue and took the believers with him. Then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall, of Tyrannus. This went on for the next few years so that people throughout the providence of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. Wow. 
When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of the diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Wow! Wouldn't you like to have a power from God to perform unusual miracles? Amen to that. Or even when you're speaking to somebody and they're, yeah. they're in mm -hmm. with your space and they start falling back. Mm -hmm. Or they, they can't be quiet because truth is coming out of their mouth. They're unloading. If you ever see that when they start unloading with you? They're just talking and talking. It's look like they have a hurt in their heart and you're pulling it out. Um, Apollos was a great man, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it said unusual miracles. Amazing. <laughs> um, and I liked it over here, down here, where it says... As soon as they heard, so they got, so Paul went over there, and he asked him, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And he said, no, they weren't even aware of it. And he said, then what did you, what did you experience? And they said, the baptism of John. And it, so he was preaching to them, explaining to them, and it says here, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and then when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Amen. And they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Wow. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, so they were baptized, mm -hmm. and, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke in other tongues and prophesied. You know, speaking in other tongues and prophesying is actually our arrow of the Lord and hitting our feet. Those are two actions that signify our faith in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. to, make, to make a change, to have victory. Prophesying the word of the Lord in the air. Speaking in other tongues. Yeah, and it's interesting how he... Um, it said he had daily discussions at the lecture hall, you know. This is something that he built up. It was daily discussions for two years. And it says here, so that people throughout the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. That's that's amazing. It, you know, it, it's like that's how your faith happens, right? Faith mm -hmm. comes by hearing mm -hmm. the word. So, in over here, where it says, um, in, in 5, it says, uh, in 19.5, it says, as soon as they heard. So, that's very important. We keep hearing and hearing the Word of God. It's, you know, miracles happen. You know, we just, you get revelations. It's just, it's amazing that, you know, it's, you know, I, I saw my life before not hearing and hearing the Word of God. Now, I see my life now. As I spend time in the Word and I hear the Word and I like I love it, I love to hear the Word, you know, uh, the truth, and um, you know that's how you know you just keep on hearing. That's that's all I can say. Amen. I like this where it says that Apollos had an enthu with an enthusiastic uh -huh. spirit. He yeah. taught others about Jesus. With an enthusiastic spirit. And with accuracy. Amen. Thank God. You know, enthusiastic spirit. So praise God. You're like a, a Paulus baby. You have a very enthusiastic Excuse me. I like this. And then they were, you know, Priscilla and Aquila helped them even more to grow more in the Lord. They took them aside and they helped them to says they explained the way of God even more accurately. God gave power, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. Mm. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched the skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Amen to God. Amen. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Amen. God Almighty. Hallelujah, yeah. Okay, Psalm 146, 1 through 10. We ask God to reign as king in our lives and the community and to and for us to do to the people. Amen, Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. 
Let all that I am praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God with my dying breath. Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. When they breathe their last, they return to the earth, and all their path die with them. Plants. Plants. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them, He keeps every promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and widows, and He frustrates the plans of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. He will be your God, O Jerusalem, throughout the generations. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 18, 2 and 3. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Doing wrong leads to disgrace, and scandalous behavior brings contempt. Doing wrong leads to disgrace, and scandalous behavior brings contempt. Amen. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, in the heavens, Lord, that you reign from heaven on high with wisdom and power and love. And we thank you, Lord God, that we are joyful because you are our God. And you are our helper, and our hope is in the Lord our God. Amen. Amen.